1 Corinthians chapter 15. Isn't God good this morning? Man, I tell you what. Uh, and it's, it's been, it's been a blessing just to be awake today. Uh, early this morning got up and, uh, heard from some men of God that I, that I haven't heard from in a while. Just men texting and saying happy resurrection morning and happy Easter and things of that sort. And so that kind of set me on, not on edge, but you know, excited me and uh, got to looking at different things this morning and uh, piecing together thoughts that have been really running through my mind for about two and a half weeks. And, um, I, I, I feel like I have a pretty good direction that I want to go out of really just two verses in 1 Corinthians 15. But uh, my heart this morning is excited about the fact that Jesus got up on that third day. But it is absolutely ecstatic that God loved us so much that He would allow His Son to suffer. And that He would allow His Son to die for me. And so if we were to look, we would have to see that the reason that we have a resurrection is because there was a cross. And so that's what I want to look at today. And if you'll help me, we'll try to get through this thing and do what the Lord has asked us to do. But we want to start reading in verse number 12 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, if Christ be preached that He rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is your our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that He raised up Christ, whom He hath raised not up, if so be that Christ, that the dead rise not up. Verse 16, for if the dead rise not, uh, if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Now, if I were to stop right there, we would find ourselves hanging on the last word of verse number 19, and we would leave this place miserable. I am so thankful, and I'm not being silly I am absolutely thankful for the word but in verse number 20. But now is, (laughs) but now is Christ risen from the dead. I'm going to read it three more times until you get it. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Let's stop reading there. Father, we love you. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for this day. God, I don't know who all on the outside of these walls are and are not celebrating the resurrection of Christ. Lord, some are celebrating Easter in their own ways, and I'll not get into that this morning. 
But Father, I want to say I thank you, Lord, for the risen Savior. I thank you, Lord, for the empty tomb. God, I thank you, Lord, that he is no longer there. I'm, I'm glad that it's been proven. Lord, it's been proven through Scripture. It's been proven through eyewitness account that the tomb is empty. And God, I praise your holy name for that. God, we thank you for your word that proves it to us through the eye and the lens of faith. God, I thank you for the Holy Spirit that proves us through a bearing witness in my own soul that your Son is alive and well. God, I praise your holy name this morning. I give you the glory and the honor for all that's said and done in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to try to preach this morning, quick, fast, and in a hurry, if I can, on one man made the difference. As I've already kind of alluded to this morning on Easter Sunday, this, as we've mentioned, Resurrection Sunday, we, we, we celebrate the risen Savior. Uh, we look at the excitement at the tomb as the disciples and as those women go there, those women, you remember, went there to anoint the body of Jesus. They didn't have time to do it properly. Uh, they didn't have the time to do it because of the days that were there, uh, the days that they could not touch the dead. And so they went just after that to anoint the body. Uh, but when they got there, they saw the Whoop! They saw the stone rolled away and they, they ran back and they got the disciples and they came and they saw the tomb was empty and we get excited about those things as we should. But they saw it empty and we celebrate those things. We think about those three days prior uh, to that Sunday morning, I believe, and we think about the misery uh, that they must have felt. I mean, uh, we think back in our own time when when someone in our family that we love, that we cherish, when they pass away uh, the day before their fi- uh, the day of their final breath, until the day that they're laid to rest. If there's a misery, there's a pain, and could you imagine that this was the Messiah? This is the one that that you followed for three years. This is the one that you've put your trust in. This is the one uh, that you've put your faith in. You've left your, your livelihood and you followed Him with everything because He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And you've done this and you've now, you've watched Him die on a cross and you've watched the, the life come out of His body. You've heard those words, it is finished. And you've watched His body being taken off a cross and you've watched it being placed in a tomb. You've, you've seen that, that stone laid at His at his tomb and you've watched the Romans seal the tomb and, and now you're you're dreading the next three days. We we think about on this day, on Easter, we think about those three days of of mourning, those three days of misery. But I also I have to think back a little bit further. Three days prior to today, we think about Jesus hanging there on a cross. We think about looking at him there as he has been beaten just just within an inch of his life. We think about him being bruised and we think about the blood that's dripping from the head of his feet all the way to the sole of the head of his, uh, the, 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 the top of his head to the sole of his feet. We think about him being stripped of his clothes and he's uh, hanging there in shame and, and not only in shame, but he's hanging there between two thieves and, and, and brother Lee, not only is he hanging there between two thieves, but he quite literally took the place of a murderer. We think about that this day. We think about the fact that just hours before the cross, 
Just hours before the cross, Jesus was fine and Jesus was healthy, but Jesus was in the garden and He was praying. And I believe that that night He was praying for His disciples, but I believe that He was praying for you and I that night. We also know that He was praying that this cup, the cross, the, the punishment that He would face on the cross would, would pass from Him. He said, not my will be done, but thine. God, He said, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but thine. So we know that as we, as we celebrate the, the, the resurrection this day, there's some, some steps getting up to the resurrection that we must remember. Not only the hours before the cross as Jesus was praying in the garden, but we think just years prior, just years prior, we, we see that Jesus healed the sick. We see that Jesus called those that came to Him crippled. He calls them to walk again. And many of them, Brother, uh, uh, Brother Kenny, He calls them to, to get up and leap and walk. He calls the blind to be able to see. He quite literally raised the dead from off of their deathbed and allowed new life to come into them. He actually called Lazarus out of a tomb that had been dead for four days and he had well nigh begun to stink, but yet he raised him from the dead. We're talking about the life life of Christ and how the just just days just years of his ministry 3 years of his ministry he had been doing many wonderful works we can read in in the gospels how that he fed the 4000 and in another place how that he fed the 5000 in both instances with just two handfuls of fish and bread we can look back 30 years before all of that And we can see a little baby wrapped in rags. And we can see that strange things happened the night that Jesus was born. We see that angels announced His birth. We see that even the heavens began to to change and to, to, (laughs) to declare that there was something going on in Bethlehem. We see that those shepherds came from out of their fields and they left their flocks to come see the shepherd. To come see the lamb. (laughs) We see that some years later, wise men came from the east and they came to where Jesus was as just a young boy and they gave Him gifts. We see that in this life of Christ, there was something special. Today we celebrate a risen Savior. Just hours before or days before we celebrated a dead Savior. Hours before that we celebrated a dying Savior. Hours before that we celebrate a crying Savior. Years before that we could celebrate a healing Savior, a a saving Savior. You could put any type of tag you want on it. We, we can, we can go back to his birth and we could see just this little infant. But what about before then? If we go back further still, we can see Jesus at the right hand of God. Observing the plight of men. Not only observing the plight of men, but obediently following the plan of God. You see, he observed the plight of men over in Genesis when he saw the sin that was being committed. 
But as we've preached some time ago, before the foundations of the world were laid, God already had a plan that He would send His only begotten Son for you and for me. So as we celebrate the risen Savior today, know that it was not just an accident that Jesus died and was resurrected. It was all in God's plan. We read you the verses there in 1 Corinthians 15, and I want to read verse number 20 and 21 again. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. There are two men and two separate men in verse 21. The first man, I'll give it away, is Adam. The second man is Christ Jesus. So let's get into the message this morning. How do we get from heaven when Jesus is sitting on the right hand of God to now resurrection ground on Easter morning? Number one, I want us to notice this. By man came death. Verse 21 here. It says, for since by man came death. Who was this man? It was Adam. Turn with me in your Bible. I want us to look at Genesis chapter number 2. Genesis chapter number 2. Y'all stay with me. Keep your Bible open. Chapter number 2, verse number 7. The Bible says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now, we do not find where God named the first man Adam. We just find where God began to call the first man Adam. And so, we we see here that the in verse number 7, that God made this first man. But then, turn over to verse number 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. So who was this man? This man was Adam. This was the first man, Adam. What does our text verse say? By one man came death. This one man is Adam. Not only that, of who was this man, but what did he do? Well, we were just warned in verse number 17 that if he were to eat or take of this uh, tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it says, at the end thou shalt surely die in chapter number Number three, verse number six, the Bible says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant for the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did 
eat. Now, I'll just kind of quickly say this. We can put blame on one or the other. It does not matter. Uh, in, in today's time, 2023, uh, we tend to want to blame somebody. It does not matter in the economy of, of God's Word. It was the man that is to blame no matter who did it first. And the Bible says that he did eat, and so it was... Adam, that was at fault. It did not say that uh, because of Eve, sin entered into the world. It was because Adam's sin that uh, death entered into the world. So uh, you can you can claim whatever you want to, but it is Adam's sin uh, that puts us in the predicament that we are in today. But I'm glad that that is not the end of the story. Somebody say amen. So what did he do? Well, the Bible clearly says that he sinned. He he did what God told him not to do. He took of the fruit and he ate it. So now, I have to tell you over there in Romans chapter number 5, keep your Bible over open over over there in Genesis. I'll go back there in just a moment. But in Romans chapter number 5, in verse number, I believe it's verse number 19, I want us to look at just one quick verse here. Uh, the Bible says, For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Alright, now you keep, you keep, if you got enough fingers, I need you to hold your finger right there too, because we'll come back to that again. But he says, For as by one man's disobedience, Many were made sinners. And so, who is this man? It was Adam. What did he do? He sinned. We see it in Genesis chapter 3, verse number 6. We see it in Romans chapter number 5, verse number 19. What was the effect of his sin? Well, we look at our text verse in verse number 22, and we see, For as in Adam all die. What, what was the effect of his sin? Well, it was warned in chapter number 2, verse number 17, For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. I understand today that it is Easter, it is resurrection morning. We're going to get to the good news here in a minute, okay? We're going to get to the good news of the resurrection, but we got to get to what we were about to run. we got to get to what we were, and we got to get to what he is and who he is and what he's done to figure out what we are today. Amen. But listen, how we see what or who this man Adam was, we see what he did, but what was the effect? We saw there in our text that he uh, that he sinned and therefore he died. But now in verse number 17 of Genesis chapter number 3, the Bible says unto Adam, he said, this is God, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread till thou return unto the ground. Listen now, here is the death that we find. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and to dust thou shalt, shalt thou return. What is the effect of the sin, it is death. I firmly believe, I firmly believe, I said, I firmly believe that the death that we find is a spiritual death. 
It is a spiritual death. There was a separation. We can find it. Just turn your page. You can find it here in verse number uh, 22, 23, and 24 that Adam was was uh, uh, kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Uh, the separation, you can find it here in verse number 8, 9, 10, and 11. You can find there was a separation from the fellowship of God. There was a, there was a spiritual death there that happened uh, when he sinned against God. But I believe there's a physical death here as well. And this morning, I want you to know uh, that sin has a penalty. Sin has a penalty. The Bible says in Romans 6, 23, the very first part, for the wages of sin is, somebody help me, death. For the wages of sin is death. Now, not only is the wages of sin is death, but Hebrews chapter number 9, verse number 27 says a little bit uh, about this thing called death. And as is it appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. I just need to quickly say this this morning. Uh, There's some folks today that they are trying their best uh, to outrun the time clock that God has given them, and I want you to know that it has already been appointed. If you've got a calendar, you've got an appointment. If you've got a life, you've got an appointment. If you've got breath, you've got an appointment that one of these days you are going to die. It does not matter who you are, what stage of life you're in, you are going to die. God already knows it. But if you're living your life like you can dictate to God when and where you're going to die, Honey, you are sadly mistaken. And if you're living your life like you've got forever to make it right with God, I want you to know that after death there is a judgment. Somebody better help me this morning. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Now again, there's more to it. We'll come back to that in a minute. But we have to think. We've got to think about this. Our text said that by one man, by one man came death. What's the title of the message this morning? It was one man made the difference. Now, let's look. Number two. Praise the Lord, I only got two points. Because there ain't but two men here. Number two. But by the man Christ Jesus. Look at your, look at your Bible. Look with me now. Verse number 21. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead, but by the man, Christ Jesus. So, again, who was this man? It was Christ Jesus. It was Christ Jesus. Who was he? Who was this man? He was a friend of sinners. The Bible says over in Matthew chapter number 11. Matthew 11, verse number 19. This is actually Jesus speaking. Now, there's a lot of folks that may think that this is being pompous or that this is being um, prideful of Christ. But I'll be honest, I love it when Christ speaks so of Himself. Because, Brother Terry, he knows who he is. He is God's Son. And he knows it. Regardless of what everybody else says. And that's a testimony to us. Not only to know who he is, but Brother Samuel, we are God's children. 
y'all heard what I said? If we're saved, if we're born again, if we're bought by the blood of Christ, we are Christ's children. And we need not worry about what everybody else thinks about us. And here there have been arguments about who Christ was. But he said in verse number 19, The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a man gluttonous and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners, but wisdom is justified over children. This was a phrase that was given to Christ by the world, but Christ accepted it that he was a friend of sinners. What a testimony. What a testimony that we have a Savior that was a friend of sinners. Whoopee and hallelujah. I'm glad this morning that he saw me as I was and befriended me. If you were to look at this, I I don't know that I'd planned on saying, well, let me just stay where I'm at. Matthew chapter number 11 we're still here, verse number two and verse number down through verse number five. John the Baptist, he is in prison. John the Baptist, he, he knew the works of Christ. He sent two of his disciples. In verse number three, he said to Christ, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. Now y'all better listen to this, because this ought to bless you. Again, this is Christ. Testifying of himself, testifying of his own works to his own. Now, if I understand it, Brother John, this is his cousin. John the Baptist is Jesus' cousin. John the Baptist leapt in his own mother's womb when Jesus was in his Aunt Mary's womb, or his cousin Mary, whatever it was, when they came together. All right? If anybody knew... That Jesus was who he said he was. It was John the Baptist, Brother Lee. It was John the Baptist that was standing in the water and looked and saw Jesus coming and said, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. If anybody knew, but here he was in prison and said, Are you the one we're looking for or should we look for another? And he said, You go back and you tell John. And here's what I want you to tell him. He said, the blind receive their sight. He said, and the lame walk. Oh, Lord. And the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and their dead are raised up. But, man, this one got me, because I ain't never been deaf. I ain't never been lame. I ain't never been blind, but all my life I've been poor. Listen to what it says. The deaf hear... The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. I'm glad this morning I may never own the cattle on a, on a, on a single hill. I may never own the, the, the ideal vehicle. I may never own the finest that money could ever buy. But I want you to know, Clay, this morning, how that there is a God in heaven that sent His only begotten Son, how that would lift up His own lovely name, how unto everybody that would believe. I'm glad this morning that He came to those that was high and lifted up. But I'm glad this morning that He came to those that had not a dime to His name. I'm glad that He came to that widow that had just a few mites and those that could write a million dollar check. I'm glad this morning that He came to those with gold 
golden chariot wheels and those that had to walk to church or crawl to church on their knees this morning. I'm glad that it came to those that had money in the bank and those that had to beg, borrow, and steal. I'm glad this morning that the gospel is preached to the poor this morning. I said, who is he? He is the one that is a friend of sinners. But he's also those that would spread the good news. He is the one that would spread the good news of himself. He said the gospel is preached to the poor. He is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I'll not turn, but Proverbs chapter number 18, verse 24. There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. In John chapter 15, verse number 13, it says that Jesus is that friend, if you will. It says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. Uh, Hunter, I told you just a minute ago that he became my friend. Jesus became my friend. What about it? I've got a lot of friends... I've got a lot of people that I'm friendly to. And I'm not being I'm not being obnoxious, but I know this in my heart. I don't believe there's a single one that would lay down their life for me. But G whoop. But Jesus did before I ever existed. <laughs> Brother Stanley, he did it freely, even knowing what my sins would be. That's the type of friend that Jesus is. You have a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Hallelujah. Then, I want us to look. He is the Son of God. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world... That He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. His only begotten Son. We are the sons of God. But Jesus Christ is His only begotten Son. He is of Himself. I can't explain that. I cannot explain that. God says, I am. God's name is Jehovah. He, the, he is the self-existent one. He always has been. He always will be. Jesus says, I am, I was, I will, I will always be. Before Abraham was, I am. So I can't explain the, this whole begotten, but I know He is. Amen. He is the Son of God. What did He do? I'm going I'm to spare you reading all of these, but... You can write them down. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 9. He became poor for us. Remember I said that He preached the gospel to the poor? Well, Jesus became poor for us. Not only did He become poor for us, but 2 Corinthians 5, 21, He became sin for us. On the cross, Jesus became sin for us. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. He became the curse for us. Over in Deuteronomy, it said that that man that hung on the, on, the, on the tree, on the cross, if you will, would be cursed. And Jesus became a curse for us when He hung on the cross. Isaiah 53, verse number 5. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. 
The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we are healed. Woo. All we like sheep have gone astray, and we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on Him the iniquity of us all. He took the penalty of sin for us. For the wages of sin is death. Who was this man? What did he do? What was the effect of his death? Listen. Go back to our text, verse number 22. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Now, I don't want anybody to misconstrue the words that I'm fixing to say. Or the words maybe that you've heard. I'm fixing to make it deathly clear. Our society would, would have you this morning to think, well, if you just, if you just, if you just, uh, if you just know that Jesus is, you'll be alright. Or if you just, if you just go to church, you'll be alright. Or if you just give, you'll be alright. You got three checks against you right there. Now there's a danger in just believing, because the Scripture says the devils believe also and tremble. But the Scripture does tell us, and we just preached a message on this several weeks ago, that salvation is very, very simple. First of all, we know that the Spirit has to draw us. God has to, God has to draw us. But when God draws us, what we have to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ the Bible says, and thou shalt be saved. So, when I say, when I read this scripture here, so, even so, in Christ shall all be made alive. In Christ is the key. If you are in Christ, that means you have believed in that means you have believed on Christ, not in church membership, not in good works, not in how much money you can drop in the offering plate, not in who you know, not in grandma, not in grandpa, not in any of this, not in your trust in the preacher, not in any of those things. But are you in Christ? And if you're in Christ, then guess what? You're alive. But I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to turn over there, but the Bible says over in Ephesians chapter number 2, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. You know what quickened is? You've been made alive. How? Through Christ Jesus. Now, let's look real quick, fast, in a hurry. What is the effect of his death life? If you're in Christ, you've been made alive. Verse number 4. Paul in verse in chapter fifteen says verse three for I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen of listen to this, he was seen of Cephas and then the twelve, and after that he was seen above five hundred brethren at once. 
He said, then above the greater part uh, who remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James and then of all the apostles. And then last of all, he was seen of me as of one born out of due time. What was the effect of his death? Well, life, life for you and I. But not only that, but the reason that we have life is because he is alive. Over in Luke chapter number 24. Luke chapter 24. Now, upon the first day of the week, I was telling Brother John this morning, in, in, I believe in all four accounts of the resurrection, it uses that phrase or something very similar. On the first day of the week. And I think it's very peculiar that it says the first day of the week. That's the beginning of the week. Unless, Brother Jim, unless something's changed, the first day of the week is the beginning of the week. In the beginning, God. The first day of the week. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Everything that has life starts with in the beginning. Every time God begins to work starts with in the beginning. If we could, and we're not going to, we're not going to change the words of our King James Bible, but I believe that we would be very, very close to being able to say in verse number 1, in the beginning, very early in the morning, they came into the sepulcher. I believe we can find the same meaning somehow or another. That God was at work. They came into the sepulcher bringing spices. Verse 2. They found the stone rolled away. Verse 3. They entered in. They found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout. Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. They were afraid. They bowed their faces. They, they said, Why seek ye among the living? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he said, uh, when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. That'd help us. They remembered His words. I said that would help us if we'd remember His words. And they returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and to the rest. And it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and the mother of James, the other women that were with them, which told these things to the apostles. And the words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran to the sepulcher, stooping down. He beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which had come to pass. Over there in Mark chapter number 16, verse number 6, I want you just to listen quickly what the Bible says. It says, And he said unto them, Be not afraid. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. Let's go back over to Luke chapter 24 and read a couple other passages there. When they were on the road to Emmaus, the Bible says Jesus was talking to those men. And he says in verse number 30, it came to pass as he sat at
at meat with them. He took bread and blessed it and break and gave them uh, to them. And their eyes were opened and they knew him not and, or, and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked uh, with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? And they arose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered with them together and they that were with them uh, saying, uh, the Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. The Lord is risen indeed. He is alive this morning. I told you a little bit about that word several times before. Uh, Jesus says over there in the book of John, uh, whom the Son sets free, he shall be free indeed. And I told you what that word meant there. Here it is the same exact word, and it means, let's, let's notice what it says, he is risen indeed. Uh, the word indeed means as though he had never died. He is just alive, just as alive now as though he had never died. Now, thank God he did die, Kurt. He did suffer. He did bleed. He was bruised. He was cursed. He did become sin. He did become poor for us. He was crucified on that cross. He did die on Calvary. I'm glad for that this morning. He did lay in that grave for three days and three nights. He was there. The tomb was sealed. But I'm glad on that third day, Miss Irene, that he got up. But he got up in such a way that it was just as if he was never dead. There's no discrepancies about him. There was Yes, he still got the nail prints. He showed them to Thomas. I understand that. But Eric, there's no, there's nothing wrong with him. He is not, he has no disease within his body. There's nothing that shows that he's ever been dead. He is alive and he is well. And he is well forevermore. As they sang this morning, he is coming one of these days. It is, there is nothing that is is going to hold him back. Uh, he is not at the right hand of God popping pills like most of us are. Uh, he is not standing there uh, saying, God, can I get him now? I'm so tired. I'm so weary. I'm worn out. Oh, no, 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 my friend. He is just as alive now as he always has been, as he always will be. He got up on that morning uh, with just enough urgency and just as much of fervency as he always has. I'm glad this morning, uh, what was the effect of his death it was that he is alive this morning not only is he alive but you and I can live John three sixteen again if we would just trust him if we would believe in him we can live I told you Romans six twenty three. I've told you several times for the wages of sin is death that's such a disappointing phrase the wages of sin is death but the rest of it is such a thrilling verse <laughs> the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I love this, Miss Tanya. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. He didn't say Pope John Paul the 29th. He didn't say through James Burke the first. He didn't say through anybody else. He said through Jesus Christ our Lord. He, if some of you like to talk about St. Peter, I'm here to bust your bubble. St. Peter ain't got a single cotton picking thing to do with my salvation. It did not say that, that, that the ways of sin were taken care of by the gift of St. Peter. No, 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 no. Peter had to come through the blood just like you and I did. And I'm here to report that it was a gift. It was free. It is clear through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Y'all come and give us a song. If it's a hymn, that's fine. If it's a special, that's fine. Don't matter to me. By one man's sin, we were doomed to die. We were doomed to suffer in hell. Hell's real. Don't, don't, listen. You, you can, you can, you can turn on, 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 you can, you can pull up all your Marvel movies. You can pull up most of your superhero movies. It don't matter what, what brand it is. And you'll find talk about hell. They don't call it hell. They call it all kinds of other stuff. Uh, but you'll find hell mentioned in all kinds of different things. But it has not the seriousness that this Word of God has. There's ways around it. There's ways through it. There's, there's, way out, there's ways out of it. But there's only one way out of hell. And I don't want to confuse you. There's only, there's only one way out of hell if you ever make it to hell. Now listen to me. If you deny God in this life and God sentence you to hell, the only time you will ever come out of hell is for judgment and you will be cast in, into the lake of fire. Still, you will suffer in flames for all eternity. But the only way to avoid hell is to receive that free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. So don't believe all the hype that this world has to offer about hell. It's not just some, some random place. It's not just some fairy tale, some made up. It is real. It is a place of torment. But Jesus Christ died and He rose again so that you and I could avoid that place. And here's why He had not only to die, here's why He had to raise again. If he had not risen again, he'd have been like thousands of men before him that claimed to be from God. That claimed to be from God and died and stayed dead. The Bible says that he was, he was the first fruits of them that died. He's the only one that ever raised of his own power. Now, he raised men from the dead. Others were raised from the dead by his own power. But he was the only one that ever raised of his own power. See, it's not, it's not just, we didn't just, we didn't just celebrate his, 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 his crucifixion this week. We don't just celebrate his resurrection today and give no thought of, of this past week. Collectively, it is the finished work of Calvary. You see, the reason he said it is finished on Calvary it's because he already knew what he was going to do in the garden good God Almighty he already knew what he was going to do in the garden on the third day he would already promised he said you tear down this temple in three days I will raise it up again he said just like Jonah was in the belly of the well for three days and three nights I'll be in the belly of the earth for three days and three nights but I will raise again I'm about to run Miss Kim and you coming with me Jesus he died for you because he loves you He rose again on the third day because He loves you. And He wants you to trust in something that's real. Not something that we can find on some television or some video screen. Some book. My girls, one of them at least likes to read. Some of y'all like to read. And we can find all kind of fanciful things in our books and on our phones and on everywhere. But so much more than that is found in the life and the death and the resurrected life of Jesus Christ. 
One man, one man made a difference. You might be one step away from meeting this one man that can make all the difference in your life. Are you willing to make that step this morning? What a day it would be in your life if this was the first day of the rest of your life with God. Y'all go ahead and